first question, just big, I guess, kind of finally got here where the decision had to be made one way or the other. What went into the decision today? Yeah, you know, I think it's hard to believe, but it was just nine days ago on August 5th that we got the news from the NCAA that they were canceling all fall championships, fall national championships. And then later that day, um, we got the news from the NCAA of some pretty strict uh, cookie cutter, one size fits all medical and testing restrictions that they were handing down for all three divisions. And so, uh, as you can imagine, the last uh, nine or 10 days, we've, we've had numerous uh, meetings. We've got our MIAA COVID-19 task force. We, we, have a, uh, we have a medical group, the U.S. Council on Athletes Health, that's been advising us. We, we obviously consult with attorneys um, that uh, look at issues for both the conference and our member schools. And, and in the last, uh, the last week, our athletic directors have had three separate uh, video conferences that have gone quite late into the afternoon talking about various options and you know ultimately I think our schools uh, decided and and uh, I certainly support this a hundred percent that from a, a liability and a risk a risk management standpoint um, the the NCAA requirements have just made it too difficult to move forward with any any type of scrimmages or competition or games uh, for our fall sports. And, um, you know, yesterday our presidents, they met um, uh, late afternoon. We had a virtual meeting. Uh, we had uh, a unanimous decision by our presidents to, to make that decision to, to suspend fall sports uh, uh, for, the, for the calendar year, uh, maybe do something in the spring. Uh, we'll, we'll address that later. Uh, but uh, they, you know, in that debate yesterday, Chris, they they talked about whether it was, uh, you know, appropriate to maybe uh, another delay, uh, perhaps pause again. Uh, let's uh, let's see what things look like here in another another 30 days. But uh, ultimately, they decided it was it was time for our coaches and our student athletes for fall sports uh, to have some certainty around what their fall is going to look like, and they they made the the difficult decision to. Uh, to say no, no fall competition this year. You talk about with the presidents, you know, looking at different options and the MIAA I think was one of the last few still standing in, in division two, just what goes into that, you know, wanting to try everything and not maybe bowing out early and moving it to the spring, but you guys kept trying different things, pushing it back a month. I mean, it seemed like you guys were trying any scenario possible to get this in this fall. Yeah, even, I mean, even yesterday going into the CEO meeting, you know, we, you know, we were, we were working hard to see if there was a path, a path forward. And I, I think it just speaks to the spirit of the, of the institutions that are part of the MIAA. You know, these are, these are, uh, for the most part, uh, universities that are in, in smaller communities, uh, uh, close-knit communities, uh, uh, close family, uh, a lot of passion um, for, uh, for our universities, uh, uh, student athletes take a lot of pride in, in what they do. Our coaches are some of the best coaches, uh, in all of division two. Um, and, and I think it just, uh, it just really the last month is, has demonstrated that fighting spirit, I think that exists in the MIAA. Um, you know, I think it's important for, 
for everyone. It's a sad day, and and everybody uh, is is brokenhearted. But I I hope uh, at some point we can reflect back and student athletes and coaches and staff uh, impacted by this decision will uh, appreciate a little bit how hard the presidents and the, the athletic directors work to try and find a path forward. Once the NCAA came out last week and kind of put those, I guess, rather intense, more intense guidelines with testing and everything like that, at that point you guys were you're juggling player, coaches, everybody's safety on top of testing and budgets on top of the local state guidelines for everyone. How challenging does that get? Because you guys are trying to juggle three different things that really don't interact normally together. Yeah, I, you know, I think, and I think that was the real, the disappointing thing from the NCAA was that, um, you know, it was kind of a one size fits all and, and really didn't take into consideration um, the, you know, the, the level of, um, the, the level of sickness and the, and the, the disease spread and, and other issues in our communities. And, and certainly I think all of our institutions have felt working with their local, their local medical guidance and, and uh, state medical direction and, and campus restrictions and policies in place for, for treating and, and taking care of the, the entire student body and faculty. I, I think a lot of our schools felt like they were they were ready to manage this. And, and that was the real difficult part is, you know, all of this comes up at kind of the 11th hour of the new testing requirements and, you know, that uh, certain tests had to be done, um, this method, this type of test. Um, uh, and, and it was going to, um, you know, it was going to require us to test every single football player um, 72 hours before a game. And if they didn't, if we didn't have the results back, they weren't going to be able to get on the field. And, and um, you know that's pulling uh, that's pulling important testing uh, away from uh, you know our communities and a lot of people that are sick that that need to get tested and it just it just really created uh, uh, a burden that that we couldn't overcome you know at the end of the day uh, our presidents and our athletic directors um, are committed to student athletes in this conference having a a competitive experience that's in a safe and healthy environment and. And, um, you know, with the current conditions and these new restrictions that have put in, put in place, it just, just made it impossible to do that. I only have two more questions for you, sir. Uh, the first one, Mackenzie O'Neill also spoke to us, and she's been working with you guys with the task force, and she talked about it. it was disappointing now, but the student-athletes have kind of all been in the loop, on the same page. You guys have worked with them knowing – they, under, they understand, they're frustrated, but how much, how important was it for you at the league to be transparent with the student athletes, keep them in, and McKenzie's probably kind of the bridge between for some of this too, is student athlete telling a student athlete what's going on too. Yeah, McKenzie's done a great job of, of representing student athletes, not at, just, not at just Missouri Western, but throughout the conference, and she's involved with discussions at the NCAA level. She's a member of our task force, um, when she speaks in meetings, our athletic directors uh, pay attention, um, and uh, you know she's been she's been a great voice um, for for our student athletes. But you know she's exactly the person that I think about today when you know when this decision gets made. That uh, you know here's somebody that's worked so hard uh, for uh, for her fall um, you know soccer season and. Uh, and, and, you know, we're, we're fortunate, um, our ADs and our presidents yesterday, they did find a way 
uh, through all of the NCAA requirements and regulations and, um, you know, that we're, we're going to have our students and our coaches together. They're going to be able to do stuff. They're going to be able to, you know, they're going to be able to have some limited practices. They're going to have uh, team meetings. They're going to they're going to be able to work out in our facilities. You know, there's going to be there's going to be strict health and safety protocols followed to make all that happen. But um, you know, at least they can be together. But it's still it's still heartbreaking um, that there's no games this fall. And and I feel bad for for MIAA communities. You know how important game day is and and uh, whether it's homecoming or family day or military appreciation and that, you know, those aren't just about football. You know, those are about every one of our fall sports coming together, supporting each other, uh, people coming to our communities, people coming back to our campuses. And, um, you know, that's not going to take place this fall. And uh, it, it, it's tough. Final question I have for you. Uh, the, the wording, I think, was key, too. It suspends, not cancellation. You guys are still going to try to get fall sports in at some point in the spring, just kind of waiting to see, too, on that, too. Yeah, and there's still a lot of guidance and, and direction that we need to get from the NCAA of how how that gets put together, how we do that in a way where uh, perhaps, uh, you know, some seniors that, that don't want to burn a year of eligibility that, you know, we're not going to play – we're not going to play a, a full schedule or a, even a 75% schedule because we, we want them to, you know, if there are, if there are options to come back and, and play again next year, you know, let's, let's see what we can do. But, um, you know, I think there's a commitment certainly in the call yesterday by our presidents that, yeah, let's, you know, let's continue to work on this. And if there's a way to do a few, uh, a few football scrimmages or a, a few, a few volleyball matches or some soccer games, um, that, uh, that we can do in the spring and, and do it in a way that doesn't um, disrupt and, and take away from the experience of our winter student athletes and our spring student athletes that had their seasons interrupted last year. You know, we don't, we don't want to have uh, fall games that are interfering with their facilities or taking away from their support staff for the winter and spring sports, but we'll, We'll continue to work on that, but yeah, those are those are areas where we need more guidance from from the NCAA. And the, you know, the other thing I'd say, Chris, is that you know a lot of D1 and D2 conferences that have made the, these announcements the last couple of weeks, you know, they've already hung it up on their winter sports. You know, they moved their their basketball and track and and um, wrestling. Um, they they've moved those to after January 1st as well. We're not there yet. You know, um, kind of that that fighting spirit I, I told you about earlier about the MIAA, um, you know, we're not going to make a decision on, on our winter schedule until, until closer, um, you know, to uh, early October. I think, I think October 1st is actually our, our self-imposed deadline to, to make some decisions. But, you know, for now, um, you know, our winter sports student athletes, we're certainly hoping that we're going to be able to play some basketball games later this fall and, and do some other events and, and then, uh, and then take, take a break over Christmas and then come back ready to go.